Isaiah 50 verse 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. We will never turn away from our God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I will also, in the way of announcement, if you can, uh, we're needing help to get uh, Mark to the hospital. It's every day. Tasking. If you can make it, please help us. Amen. Uh, title of our message today is Wise Men Still Seek Him. Wise Men Still Seek Him. I mean, if you look, this message, this title is all over the place. Wise Men Still Seek Him. There was a cry from the prophet Isaiah. He cried out to us. Now, Isaiah is regarded as the uh, gospel preacher of the Old Testament. And you can find a lot of prophecies about the Lord Jesus given to us by Isaiah. He gave us the fact that Mary was going to give birth to Jesus as a virgin. So he was the prophet of the, I mean, the gospel preacher of the Old Testament. And he testified, he cried out, seek the Lord while he may be found. Wise men still seek him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him when he is near. Seek God while he may be found. Call upon him when he is near. This is a cry to all humanity. God wants us to seek him. And he's saying there is a time when you no longer can seek him. There is a time when he may be found. And there are times when you may not find him even if you seek. So the prophet Isaiah is saying to seek him when, while he's near and to call on him when he's near. But the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, that today is that day. Now is the accepted time. God wants us to seek Him. The thing that is so interesting about this is that God Himself is seeking us. It's a two-way street. God is seeking you to seek Him. God wants you to seek Him. And Jesus made it clear when He was talking to the woman at the well. He said to that woman, but they, oh, that's in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 20, uh, 24. It says, but the hour is coming and now is. The hour is coming and now is. So we are right, right now living in that hour when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So there are true worshipers and there are false worshipers. It says, for God is seeking such to worship Him. People to worship Him, true worshipers, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. God Himself is going about all of the, on the earth looking for those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So God's seeking people. And I want to be among that number. Amen? 
I want to be a true worshiper. I want to worship God. God seeking people to worship Him. And I want to be one of those that God will consider a true worshiper. Somebody who is truly worshiping God. And God is accepting it. God's looking all over just to find that one person who will from the heart truly worship Him. And that's possible. May He find you today as a true worshiper. Amen. May you be found today by God. So God's seeking you and we are supposed to seek Him. Because you cannot be a true worshiper without Him. God is spirit. Amen. And God's seeking those who worship Him to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So not just only in spirit, but in spirit and in truth. The Word of God is so important. Sometimes I find people who are supposedly worshiping God, they worship God in spirit, supposedly. They are into it, but they are not following the Word. That's a very terrible, tough place to be because Satan can really get a hold of your life and destroy you because you are seeking God outside of the truth. You stay with the truth. You know, I like to dance before God. Thank God uh, we're liberated at the Our Fellowship right now. And we can dance. Amen. Amen. But the Bible says to dance before the Lord. Amen. I, I want to dance before Him. He, he commanded that. Amen. You may not like it, but God likes it. And I pray you finally like it. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes they come to church and say, what are these guys doing? They're dancing. My, they dance in church as well. And uh, after a while, they keep coming back. And before long, they're not dancing, but they're doing this, you know, kicking a little bit. <laughs> kicking a little bit. And before long, they're doing that. And before long, they're up in the front. They say, yes, we'll go for it. But you'll enjoy it when you worship God in truth and in the Spirit. You don't have to understand it. Just do what it says. That's worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. So we really need to seek God. And people are seeking God. Now, you will find God. There's a, there's a scripture here in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. It says, and you will seek me. God said, you will. Say it. I will. Say it with me. Mean it. I will seek God. That's very important. Because God said, you will. So now I have to accept what God said. He's talking to me. He's talking about me. You will seek me. No problem with it. God said it. I'll do it. Amen. I can seek him because God said you will. So would you say that with me again? I will seek God. Yes. He goes into your spirit. And your spirit, just like David said to his soul, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You can speak to yourself. I will seek Him. He says, and you will seek me and find me. Let me tell you this. You cannot seek God and not find Him. If you separate yourself to seek God, you'll find Him. That's what He said. God will not lie. The reason why you have not been able to find God is you have not sought for Him. It doesn't matter who. 
If you seek him, you'll find him. But see, God wants us to seek him. And he knows when your heart is not in it. Because he says, when you search for me with some of your heart. No, with all of your heart. If it's important to you, you search for him. God wants us to seek him, and he also is seeking us to worship him. And it's a good thing, because when you meet with God, and you're seeking God, that's the Garden of Eden. That's where he meets with you. And all is going to be well. There is never anything broken, never anything missing in the garden. That's the presence of God. When you seek God, he's right there with you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I need God. Every one of us need God. I need God. I need him. I can't live the Christian life without him. There is no power in us to do it. This is a spiritual thing. We were not born that way. We have to be reborn to be that way. And we have to skip up with the Spirit of God to do what is right. So when I seek Him, and He is seeking me, we meet pleasantly, and it's good for me. Can I hear an amen? It's good for my soul. It's a good thing to seek God. So Jeremiah tells us, if you seek God with all of your heart, you'll find Him. Now let me tell you this. If you know that God's seeking you, you are a wise man or woman if you seek him in return. That's wisdom. This is God Almighty. Think about it. If the President of the United States has been calling you, and you've got some missed call, and you hear, this is the President of the United States, I just want to speak to you, lady. Guess what you will do? He gives you his number. I think every minute you call him back that number, right? We'll call because you want to talk to the president. Well, this is somebody, Jesus said, greater than Solomon is here. Greater, one greater than Solomon is here. God says to seek him. You can seek him. But the, what he guarantees us is, if you seek him, you'll find him. I don't need anybody. Just me and him. Amen? I don't need a prophet to show me how to. I kneel down and say, God, look, you said to seek me. And I'm doing just that right now. And I'm going to find you because you cannot lie. And you'll find him. He'll show up in your room. If you seek him with all of your heart. Now, wise men still seek him. Because you know he's seeking you. You know, you read the story. In Matthew chapter 2, beginning from verse 1, this is kind of interesting. He says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men. Not three wise men, just wise men, okay? Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he? Who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. Say revelation. Revelation. That's what it is. We have seen his star in the east. 
and have come to what? Worship him. You have seen his stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. If you see his star in the east, where would you be going? West. Right? They saw his star in the east, right? And they were going west, right? To seek him, right? But the funny thing is, they got there, and the westerners didn't know the king had been born. Hello? The westerners were clueless. The king had been with them for about two years. They had no idea. He was there. These guys came into town, and now seeking God takes effort. They left everything. They were probably prominent men. They left everything because they saw his star. And believe me, they didn't have uh, Interstate 10. Uh, 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 to drive on or to get in a plane or something. It took them months. They were searching for him. That's why the Bible said they're wise men. Some people think they're kings. It doesn't tell us that. They are wise, they are wise but God called them wise. They were seeking for the king. They wanted to see him. They left everything. Left their wives and the business, everything. They went seeking for him. I'm sure they had nights. Several nights. Probably it was cold. But they endured it. They had a goal in their mind. They, we have to see him. God has shown us. He is born the king of the Jews. Not their king. King of the Jews. King of the world. And they went searching for him. By the time they got there, they saw the star. They tried to find out from uh, Herod when the star first appeared. That was when this, this, the child was born. It's been two years. They had been searching for him for two years. For about two years. Because Herod wanted to know exactly when this child was born. So for two years... They didn't quit searching. They came searching for him. But as I read this scripture, I was surprised that right there, this is for us. Jesus can be in your midst. And you may not know it. And so you won't seek him. When this guy showed up and started asking questions, where is he? Everybody got confused. What are you talking about? What king? When did you see the star? He said, Herod and the whole of Jerusalem, they were troubled because of what these men were saying. They had credibility. They knew they were not lying. And so they knew this was something. So they actually brought these people to the king. I'm sure they were thinking, oh, maybe this is going to be wonderful. It's the palace. We will see the king in the palace. He wasn't there. But 
Herod was troubled by this. How strongly have you been seeking the king? I'm asking myself as well. We need to seek him. They were wise because they sought him. They sought Jesus. And today you can seek him. As you read that scripture, it's an amazing thing. We stop and you think. Because they saw, they saw that star two years before. I never saw the star again. It's like God says, I want to see what you do with it. Right? And they were searching. They were asking questions. They called the priest and everybody. They went to uh, Herod and he said, what? You know about this prophecy? Yeah, we know. That child should be born in Bethlehem. And as soon as they left Herod's presence, guess what happened? They saw the star. They saw the star again. And that gave them a lot of comfort. It's like God saying, how far would you go to search for my son? They searched to the point where they were standing before a king that was ready to kill this child. They could kill us. They wanted to see him. I, God help, I want to see him. Amen. I want to see him. I want us all, all of us to see him. Because when you see him, your life will never be the same. Now, think about it. What will they gain? What were they looking for? See what they said. We've heard it. We saw his star. We want to see him. We want to worship him. Amen? We want to see him and we want to worship him. They saw that star. And when they saw the star, that means, oh boy, no doubt we will find him. We will set our eyes on him. The one who has been from the beginning of the world. He's come to our world to live with us. We will see him with our own eyes. The one who created all things. We will see him. He said they rejoice with exceeding great joy. Because now they will have no doubt. They, are, they will actually see this child. Been two years. And they saw him. It was about two. I like that story because they came in. And uh, I'm sure Mary was sitting down. Jesus was just a little baby, about two years old. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And I'm wondering what Mary was thinking. Wow, this is amazing. Where did you guys come from? Oh, from far away. We saw a star. And the star led us to your house. And he's up there telling us, that's the child. And they worshipped him. And guess what they did? They gave him gifts as well. You can't worship without giving. See? We want to worship, but you don't want to give. You can't do that. When you worship, you give. You give to the master. They worship him. Every time you see Jesus, you want to worship. 
The key is to see him. Wow, my time. Oh gosh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I see I have a lot to say, but I'll say it real fast. Real fast, okay. <laughs> oh. In, in, on, in uh, John chapter 12, John chapter 12, there were some Greeks that came to the feast. That was possibly the last feast that Jesus attended in Jerusalem before going to the cross. And these Greeks, foreigners, they've come in, probably Jews, but lived somewhere else, but they called them Greeks in John chapter 12. They, they, they went around, they've heard so much about this Jesus. They heard so much about him. And so they finally we said, we just want to see him. We just want to see Jesus. And somebody took them to Andrew, or to Philip. Yes, to Philip. And said, Philip, these are some Greeks. They're asking to see Jesus. Jesus was somewhere there in the midst. And uh, Philip went to Andrew. That's Peter's brother. He said, hey, we got some Greeks. They just want to see him, just to look at him. They heard so much about him. I wonder, we've heard so much about him. I just want to see him. Somebody told T.L. Osborne said, if you see Jesus, your life will never be the same. And he started, T.L. Osborne said, I went and I fasted, I wanted to see Jesus. That's very dangerous. Your heart needs to be good. <laughs> but Jesus appeared to him. That transformed his life and ministry. He said, I've seen him. I saw him with my own eyes. Tears were flowing from my eyes, but I wasn't aware of crying. He said, he appeared in my room. I saw him with my own eyes. Those Greeks said, we want to see him. And then Philip and Andrew, these guys are good at taking people to Jesus. They brought them to Jesus and then they told Jesus, they want to see you. And when Jesus saw them, it's amazing, he didn't address them. He said, the hour has come. That was the first thing. And he started talking to his father right before the Greeks. And he told his father, glorify me. And the father immediately spoke back down to his son. Everybody heard it. The Greeks also heard it. When you see Jesus, you hear the voice of God. God said, I'll glorify it, I'll glorify it again. And the Greeks said, he thundered. He said, a voice spoke to him from heaven. An angel spoke to him. The voice from heaven. They heard it. We have to see Jesus. John tells us in John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen him with our own eyes. We've handled him. We got to seek him. We have to seek him. We need to see him. Zac you remember the story of Zacchaeus? Just to see him. It was a man of short stature. All he wanted to do was to see Jesus. Very wealthy man. Very wealthy man. It's almost like Bill Gates, you know, real wealthy. Everybody know Bill Gates climbing up on a tree just to see somebody else. Oh, yeah. He forgot himself. He forgot about his wealth. He forgot about his stature in, in the society. He could care less. He's heard about Jesus. He was sure he was so bad. Jesus will not accept him. But 
he will be satisfied if he can set his eyes on him. And he realized Jesus was going to go through this area, this path. And so he went ahead of him and he climbed a tree and was looking down to find who Jesus, just, just to look at him, just to see him. And this story is so powerful. Jesus walked close to him, and I'm sure he was up there. Jesus was walking under, and he was having full view. Amen? But he wasn't expecting Jesus to speak to him. He wasn't. But you see, Jesus knew his name. And Jesus immediately spoke to him. He said, Zacchaeus, uh, you come down. You want to see me? Uh, you will see me as much as you want. I'm going to stay in your house tonight. Amen. I'm going to stay at your place tonight. Oh, Zacchaeus was excited. Not only will I see him, I'll touch him, I'll eat with him, I can ask questions. He was beside himself and he was converted. If we see him. If we see him. I'm going to close with this because of time. In Wise men still seek him today. If you're wise, you seek for him. These were people. There's a man, a man that was born blind. John chapter 9. Jesus made clay. And that's a powerful thing. He made clay. He was showing to us what God did in the beginning when he formed Adam. He spat on the ground. He was going to give him brand new eyes and made clay and anointed the man's eyes. The man could not see his face, didn't know who he was. I knew he heard about him, but he never seen him because he was blind, born blind. And Jesus anointed his eyes and said, well, go to the, the, the pool called Saint. Take a bath, just wash yourself and you, you'll see. And the man went and he argued, what they brought him before the Sanhedrin, they argued about this. The man said, look, if you think it's a sinner, that's your business. All, all I know is I was blind. We know that word. I was blind, but now I see. Call him a sinner. That's your problem. But for me, all I know, I was blind. Now I can see. And he said to them, you guys say he's a sinner. You guys were the ones that told us that God doesn't hear sinners. Now you're telling me this guy can open the eyes of a man that was born blind and he's a sinner. They said, ha, you're going to teach us? Get lost. They kicked him out. Sometimes they give us left foot of fellowship in church, okay? Uh, kick you out for believing the truth. But after he left, this is the powerful thing. Jesus looked for him and found him. That's where I'm going. Jesus looked for him you remember I said, we're seeking him, and he also is seeking us. The man wanted to meet Jesus, and so Jesus found him. And look at this scripture here, John chapter 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. In other words, they gave him the left foot of fellowship, kicked him out. That still happens today. It says, and when he had found him, so who was looking for who? Jesus was looking for him. And Jesus found him. He said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe in the Son of God? 
Now, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus hardly referred to himself as the Son of God. Most of the time, read through the scriptures. Most of the time, he's saying, Son of Man, Son of Man, Son of Man. Son of Man has the power to forgive sin. Son of Man, the Son of Man is greater than the Sabbath. He says all of that. But to this man, he was going to unveil himself. Amen? Who he really was. He said to the man, Do you believe in the Son of God? What God is asking from you today to transform your life is whether you believe in the Son of God. The same question to this man is coming to us today, every one of us. Do you believe in the Son of God? The man answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And look at the words of Jesus. Jesus said to him, You have both seen him. That's a clue there for the man. You couldn't see before, right? But now you can see. You're looking at him. You have both seen him. And he is the one talking to you. The man said, yeah. He said, I believe. And he worshipped him. He believed. And he worshipped him. When you see, you worship. Amen? When you see, you worship. He worshipped Jesus after he saw him. Today, I pray that God will open your eyes to truly see Jesus for who he is. What he came to the world to do for us. So you can be a part of his family. He's the family of God. Today, you can make that commitment. We have... All these prophecies saying to God, to us today that we should focus on Jesus, just Him alone. That's what to do today. Bow your heads with me today.